So uh, if you are just uh, joining us, uh, Father's House, this is week four of the True Story series. Uh, I hope that it's been hopeful and meaningful uh, for you as we have heard some real life stories from some of our Father's House uh, church community across all the churches uh, as a way of, of sharing faith and inspiring hope in God. You know, it's, it's, it's also one of the series that really, I think, helps us create a sense of community and connection as we relate to other people and what they've gone through in their spiritual journeys. Uh, and we've heard some amazing testimonies from our Father's House family uh, so far. As a quick little recap before we jump into this week, which is week four, uh, and it's a slightly longer video this morning because it's a story um, that I think just requires a little bit more telling. But week one, we talked about God being our leader. Uh, Jess Galant, he shared how despite the journey uh, he had had, uh, he's placed God first in his life and how he's seen some incredible favour and grace uh, on his life, uh, bringing about redemption and connection uh, in all areas where he thought that that was never possible. Then week two, we heard from Jacques and Rene Kuhn, a good couple friend of mine, uh, uh, friends of mine, and they talked about how God is our restorer, specifically in the area of relationships. Both of them had quite a broken past when it came to relationships and they really saw God's hand in their lives as He brought about a restoration for them individually and then together, obviously, as a couple. Then last week, week three, my idea, at least, was to preach about God being our provider and then the tummy bag had other ideas. But we heard from Max Jordan and, and, and his incredible journey after the motorbike accident um, and how God has really been a provider both in people, in a process and in a promise uh, in his life. Uh, and I think Pastor Mike really did an amazing job last week of sharing on that. But overall, it really has been awesome to, to, to hear these testimonies uh, and just join in this True Story series together. It helps you realise that you're not alone. I think that's one of the big things that a testimony does, right? Um, and it also brings a new dimension to our experience in that, you know, we don't, we, don't get, we don't get stuck or settle in the academic version of faith. Testimonies like this help us inspire hope to believe in the supernatural component of our faith. You know, at every moment of every day can be an encounter with a supernatural God, amen? We shouldn't forget the miraculous side of our spiritual journeys, and, and, and testimonies help us, like, help us remember that. God is, He's the great I am. He's not just a pie in the sky idea. He hasn't stopped releasing miracles one bit. Um, in fact, I heard a, I heard a, I heard a friend um, say this recently. He said, when you share your testimony, you add a building block on the path of someone else's journey to discovering who God is. And I like that. I like that. We just, you're just layering a brick. You're just adding one step for someone else. You're adding some encouragement, some belief, some hope, some trust, some faith, some comfort, guidance, all these things, all essential little building blocks that are building up someone else in their journey. And that's why we should never ever feel intimidated by someone else's story. Never let someone else's story, because it had a, and we've heard some, some radical or, or you know, crazy miraculous thing happen, never, never feel intimidated by that. You should confidently share your story instead. Because there's someone that needs to hear your story just as much as you needed to hear someone else's. Can you say amen, church? So we've seen firsthand through this series how God reveals Himself to us and is our leader, our restorer, and our provider. And this week, the fourth and final week of True Story series, I want to talk to you about how God is our healer. 
how God is our healer. It might be a slightly different message this morning in that we're gonna watch a clip from a really remarkable person and I'm gonna introduce them in just a bit. Um, I'm gonna share a few points based off her story, a little bit of teaching, I guess, from a biblical perspective on what healing is because I think there might be some uncertainty still sitting uh, in our hearts, some confusion, maybe even some hurt because of something that we've carried. And I wanna, I wanna just talk into that a little bit. Um, and then I'm gonna close off the service this morning by inviting anyone who is here uh, who would like to receive prayer for healing to come forward after the service. I'm telling you now so you can already start getting nervous. <laughs> I know what it's like, your palms are sweaty. Oh no, this is the service, I brought a friend. Now some weird stuff's gonna happen in front. I promise you, it's gonna be okay. If you know anything about Father's House, you'll know that, that we're gonna really create a safe space for you to come forward and receive healing. And we'll never do anything to embarrass anyone or dishonor their journey in any way. But I do, wanna feel, I, I do wanna be obedient to what I feel God has placed on my heart for this series. And so I wanna create that space afterwards for us to stand in agreement with one another and trust God for healing of some kind, whether that's physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever it is. Um, that's, that's, that's where we're gonna go this morning. Is that okay? Has anyone decided to leave right now? You can, you can still check out. It's not too late. No, I'm joking. Please don't do that. I really do believe in what God wants to do this morning. So the clip we're going to watch in a moment is from a lady uh, in Father's House, J-Bay, Nell Wilmot. Some of you might be familiar with a bit of her story. I'm not going to give too much away before we watch the clip, but let me just say that when the Knoxes and I filmed this clip two weeks ago or three weeks ago, there wasn't a dry eye left in the room <laughs> when she began to unpack a little of what her journey with cancer looked like. And so get the tissues ready. Again, you've been warned. Um, But we're going to hear from her about her ups and downs and turning points she experienced and everything that comes with a journey of of this kind, with something as intense as cancer, um, and how God has revealed himself to her in her story as our healer. So let's have a look at the clip together, church. Thank you so much, production team. I'm Anel Wilmot, I'm 50 years old and um, living in Jeffreys Bay since about May. Um, well, actually, since I was um, sick, I recovered in Jeffreys Bay and um, made good friends working at a salon here in Jeffreys Bay um, for the last little few months. Very happy and glad that I can be here at my church, at Father's house, where I'm happy. I had a lump here behind my ear. So it bothered me when I looked in the mirror and I thought, I'm so tired of this fat face on the one side and this thin face on the other side. I want to change it, you know. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go to the doctor. And he took a biopsy and it became, it was negative when it came back. So I thought, well, then cut the thing out, you know, if it's, it's not a problem. So the doctor was very good friends with us and um, uh, he got Canadian doctors to actually come and do the operation and blessed me with the op completely, I was under anesthetic, it was a four hour operation. They did everything for free, everything. And I was in his clinic, in his hospital for about two days recovering. And then the biopsy, they took another biopsy and it came back positive for a senous saladinocarcinoma, which is a very aggressive cancer. And three days before Christmas, I, um, they phoned me and they said the results are in, I must please come to the office and stuff. So I said, okay. I thought, if there was anything wrong, they would have said, bring somebody, and then you'd get that idea. 
that went in and I said, uh, yeah, it's, you have to go home uh, to South Africa. So I said, for what? And I said, you have to have treatment. We can't do treatment here. I said, what do you mean? They said, no, it's, it's cancer. So I said, oh, okay. I just thought, oh, I'm not going to get the big scare like people do. I thought, I'm just going to take it in my stride and I'm not even going to tell anybody. It's three days before Christmas. I'm not going to ruin my children's Christmas or my husband's Christmas. But by the time I got home from the appointment, um, my husband said, so how did it go? I said, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. So he said, what's wrong? I said, well, it's, it's cancer. So he says, we're going to fight this thing, you and I. He says, we're stopping sugar right now. No more sugar. He put me on a sugarless diet. My husband did it with me. I lost four kilos before I left home, before I left Mozambique to come to South Africa. And that was the beginning of that journey. My, my son cried a lot, but you know, God's grace was amazing because he made me so calm. I kept saying to them, don't stress about this. It's gonna be okay. Because actually at that point, you don't realize how serious it is. I think you've seen it all, but you, you just don't realize how sick you're gonna become, you know. I, I, I think he made me so calm before that appointment because I was very naive going into that appointment to get the news because I still remember when they did the op, she showed me the bottle of stuff they cut out, it was a whole bottle full. Um, and she said, this is not gonna be cancer. So I said, amen to that. But then I was, you know, and I wasn't disappointed or blamed God or nothing. I just said, well, it's, it is what it is. I have to now deal with it. I've got two beautiful children. I've got a lovely husband. I've got to fight this thing. I went to Livingston Oncology Department and I remember sitting there and I'm seeing all these people with bandanas on their heads and they got no hair and I'm making a journal because a friend that went through this, Richard Staffan himself, he said to me, make a journal and journal it. It's so important for someone to hear your story. So I said, I'll, I'll do that. But I started and I, I left it because eventually you get such a fright of your life. You're just in a different zone. And I saw this lady sitting next to me and she had no hair and I smiled at her and up, you know, they're so sad. And um, and I could really see the sadness is so deep, you know, she's so sick and tired of this, you know, she, she's losing this battle, she feels like she's losing this battle, and yeah, I'm just starting mine, and had no idea what was in store for me. I had to have six um, treatments of uh, chemo, and I think 35 rounds of um, radiation. But the doctor said to me, I said to him first, because I was quite positive about the whole thing, and I said, look, what kind of cancer is this? And he says, it's the kind that nobody wants. So I cried. My husband wasn't with me. He was in Mozambique. I was here by myself. Our kids are in Graf Renette. I'm, I'm here doing this thing. And um, then I cried. I sobbed. I was scared out of my mind. I phoned my husband. I said, the doctor said this. So he says, don't. You know, just have faith, sweetheart, you're going to be all right. So I said, no, I know I will be. Um, I know I will be. It's going to be okay. Then I got my first chemo. That was fine. I still videoed it to everyone. <laughs> they call it the red devil. You know, uh, it's the worst chemo you can get. It's the, the real big one. 
and they, they, they wanted to treat it viciously, you know, to get rid of the cancer. So um, I remember the pipe going into my vein and I said, whoo, look at this, red devil going in the vein, you know. <laughs> I said, cool, man, yeah, I'm sitting here and all these people are sitting here and I'm cheering them on and whatever not. And the second one nearly killed me. That's when the journey started after the second chemo because you get three weeks after your first chemo to recover and after the third week they hit you with another chemo. So just as your body wants to start recovering, you get another one, you know. But by the time the second one happened, um, my it was starting to affect my blood and everything and um, I was starting to get really uh, very, very ill. I, I would get the chemo and then I would get sick for eight days straight. You just, everything comes out. You don't keep a thing in it. It's just vicious. Uh, I think that you were attending Father's House JMA yeah. during that period, yeah. if I remember. Yeah, I think if I can remember correctly, that was during the second and the third one. That's right. Uh, I, I wanted to come to church. I still clearly remember you coming to church mm. um, and we could almost sort of see how that was affecting your body. I, I, yeah. I remember noticing you the one Sunday come in and I think I think you had your kids with you yeah and they were pretty much carrying you in yeah yeah if I if I remember that correctly yeah um, yeah it, it, so there was a definite you're so weak but your faith is so strong your your body it can kill your body but your faith remains the same it's like it doesn't change that what you believe in you know you believe God said you're going to be okay so I'm going to be okay I'm just going to go through the motions if people don't mind seeing me here Just before the wheelchair happened, I got terribly um, constipated for eight days. It was so bad that it felt like if you breathed like that, it hurt like a knife. And then that night on the eighth night, it was the 22nd of March, I said to God, I went into the shower and I said, now is this time, Lord, I can't do this. After my sister gave me oil, orally, they've tried everything what they could and nothing worked. And I went to the shower at nine o'clock when everybody went to bed. I dragged myself to the shower and I said, now God, help. I sat in the shower, I cried, I said, God, help now. I can't do this anymore, I'm tired. And he said in a clear voice, he said, I'm right here. And within two seconds, that thing came out. It just came out. It, it was done. It was just done. And I cried in the shower and I said, Lord, from today, I promise I never used to read my Bible, but today I will read my Bible every night. And that's something I do. I do it. I read my Bible no matter where I am because I'm so grateful for what he's done. It's amazing what he's done. To answer me that moment in need, you know, when you say it's not this little thing, just do this for me, please, I can't do this anymore. And when you are at your lowest, he's always there. He's always there. He just always is there. God woke me up one morning and he put me up straight in the bed. And I was so weak, you must understand, I couldn't sit up by myself. People had to help me. But I sat up straight in bed. And God said, Anel, you've been healed. I've told you many times, you've been healed. You are healed. You, you don't have cancer in your body anymore. And at this point, I was in the wheelchair. And I sat up in the bed and I said, God, I believe what you say. So he says, well then. So I went for my appointment. My husband came with me. I said, sweetheart, don't worry. 
because I know exactly what he's going to say. He's going to say, you know what? You are cancer free. There's no cancer in your body. I said, that's exactly what he's going to tell us. And you know what? It happened just like that. He said it just like that. He said, you are cancer free. There's no cancer. We can't, nothing. We are much, I would say we are closer. My son wrote a beautiful poem about home. In the poem he said, you know, a good example to him is the love of the family. And he, he loves his family, the warm fire, the laughter. And he said, and the strength that family brings. And he says, and my mom, she reminds me of an eagle. He said, she, she, she's strong like an eagle. Nope, nothing could get her down. So, but he said, you know, this is, this is all God. It's, it's not mom. Mom couldn't do it. My body was dead. But God said no. And he's mercy, and that's the only reason why I'm sitting here today and can tell the story to everybody. He's just God's grace. He absolutely loves us so much. And his personality, you know, it, it comes through when you go through those dark times. God is faithful. He's so faithful. If you would just allow him, just, just let him speak into your life and listen, because he's in the soft breeze in the room. He's just there. He's holding your hand. He's really in those small little moments and small things, you know. Just hang on to that and hear him. Hear his voice and reach out because he's there. He's, he's always close to us, always close to us. And it's not his fault. It's really not his fault. And his mercy and grace, oh, it's, it's actually mind-blowing what God has done for so many of us in the little things. We don't even have to be this sick. Everybody has their cross that they must bear. But um, God is faithful and He's always there. He's just a, he just needs you to reach out and say, I'm here, do you take over? Because I can't do it. You cannot do it, but He can. So let Him. Um, stop chopping onions, man. Yo. See what I mean? Um, yeah, that um, it, it was honestly a, a remarkable moment for me, Anel, when we saw you back that Sunday, because we had seen, as you mentioned, your health deteriorate over those over those months. And I mean, I must also be honest; it convicted me so much. Going like, here's someone that feels like they still want to go to church, and they're in a wheelchair. Like, oh, I'm so sorry, Lord, for saying it's cold outside. I don't feel like going to church. I mean, you inspired me so much, even in that. And then it was that one Sunday when a volunteer tapped me on the shoulder and said, Lloyd, 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 Analsia, Analsia. And we saw you standing up in the second row, hands raised in worship. And I was just, I don't, I mean, it was just a, a really incredible moment. And we thought we had to, we had to hear about your journey. And, and so I, I really just want to honor God for what he's done in your life and, and also honor you for having the bravery and the courage to share your story with us um, on this, which is actually your last Sunday in, in J-Bay before you go back to Angola, I think it is, to meet your husband. Yeah. So uh, what an amazing end um, that it tied in with the True Story series where we heard from you. So church, could we please honor God and honor her for, and her family for this journey? 
Yeah. I guess, um, you know, the, the question is, what do we do with information like that? What do we, what do we, what do, we do with a testimony like that? Uh, you know, what's the, uh, what's the application? What's the, what's the teaching that we can take with us after hearing uh, someone come through something as intense um, as that kind of a journey with cancer? And I guess, you know, Anel touched on it this morning. These, these kinds of stories are intended to be shared in the sense of extending something that we have received to others. There's so much encouragement, uh, hope, faith, trust in God, comfort that we can bring to other people when we, when we extend, when we uh, release, I guess you could use, if you wanted to use a churchy word, uh, what, what, what we have received, what we've gained. So I'd like to, I'd like to follow Anel's cue there this morning. Um, and I want to firstly make a few bold biblical statements on the topic and the concept of healing, if I may. Um, this, this idea of God being our healer, that I, I really want to make one or two bold statements on that, connecting to what Anel was sharing. And then I want to touch briefly on the topic of, you know, why, why do some people not get healed? <laughs> That's also, I think, something that would be amiss of me not to at least mention in a conversation like this. Um, and then, you know, offer some kind of biblical encouragement on that. And then finally, like I mentioned earlier, I want to I wanna close off the series and of course the message this morning by inviting you forward if you would like to receive prayer for healing for whatever it is. And we're going to trust God together for that to happen this morning. Amen. So wherever it is that you are in your spiritual journey, church, my hope is that by, by the end of our time together this morning, you would have a newfound hope and appreciation for the fact that God is our healer. That's it. That's my goal. Whether you've been in church for a while or if this is your first service or if you carry a hurt or a hardness in your heart towards that, my hope is that you would see him in a new light this morning as our healer. So let's firstly have a look at some bold biblical statements about God as our healer that are connected with Anel's story. And the first one that I wanna mention, I think this is maybe the most important one that we say this up front. God heals people because it's in his nature to heal. God heals people because it's in his nature to heal. I think this is one of the most important building blocks that we've got to place in our theology when it comes to understanding the, the concept of God and his, and his willingness and ability to heal is by recognizing this, this principle that God wants people to be well. Despite what might have happened around us, it's, it's in God's nature to heal because he loves people. Jesus loves people. It, healing was one third of Jesus' ministry. And like we sung this morning, you know, God hasn't changed. It's not like, you know, he's excluded, you know, other people from that. It's Jesus is healing and he is, he is our healer. It's in his nature to do so. And apart from the fact that also, you know, it's in God's nature to heal because he is health. He is divine health. He loves people and he wants us, he wants us to be well. It's in his loving and in his holy nature. Um, let's, let's look at Exodus 15. This is a well-known story of Moses as he was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. It's called the miracle at Marah. Some of us probably know the story. Exodus 15, 22, he says, and Moses led Israel on from, from, the, from the Red Sea and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. They journeyed for three days. See the resemblance to Christ? Three days in the wilderness without finding water. But they came, then they came to Marah, but they couldn't drink the water because it was bitter. That's why it was called or named Marah. The people grumbled to Moses. Oh, the Israelites, they love to grumble. So do we. What are we going to drink? So he cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. What's the tree a representation of? A cross, yeah. 
He said, if you will, uh, sorry, when he threw it into the water, the water became drinkable. The bitter water of sin becomes the sweetness of salvation in and through Christ. The Lord made a statute and ordinance for them at Marah, and he tested them there. This is what he said. If you will carefully obey the Lord your God, do what is right in his sight. Remember, this is Ten Commandments time. Pay attention to his commands and keep all his statutes. I will not inflict any illnesses on you that I inflicted on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Yahweh Rapha, he's revealing himself to us in scripture as the Lord who heals. I think it's important to note the character of God as he has revealed it to us in his word. Amen. This is not just a man-made idea. We see evidence of it in stories like Anel's, but we see in scripture, God reveals himself to us as the God who heals us. Let's, let's look at Jesus at the start of the New Testament. Matthew chapter eight. When he came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him, Jesus, right away. A man with leprosy came up and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Note the two statements there. Tests or asks about his will, and he confirms his faith. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Look at Jesus' response. Reaching out his hand, Jesus touched him, saying, I am willing. Be made clean. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. Jesus said, I am willing. Jesus said, I am willing. That's such a powerful statement. Um, and maybe that's all you needed to hear this morning, church. As, as Anel mentioned, healing is not just for a select few people. You are included in Jesus' willingness to heal you. And you know, for the longest time, if I'm honest, I thought, you know, healing can't be for me. It really can't be for me. You know, that either happened in Bible times or it happens for a select group of Christians or Christians in America. You know, because that's where you see it, right? God bless America. More like God help America right now. Um, some of those folks are um, But you don't have to have some special qualification before God notices you or includes you in his willingness to heal any more than you needed a special qualification before God included you in his willingness to save you. There was nothing that you had to do or could do to earn God's salvation. How much more so can, is there nothing we can do to earn God's healing as part, of that, as part of that salvation? And I'll be the first person to admit as someone who is very much still figuring out this part of our faith, I by no means have anywhere near the revelation on this topic that a lot of other pastors and preachers and teachers do. But I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that the love of God covers you even if you think you are disqualified from receiving it. His love is greater than your self-doubt. His love is greater than your excluding of yourself from His provision. God's love is greater than your sense of personal inadequacy. Can you say amen to that, church? God's love is greater. And in fact, point number two uh, touches on that. God's provision on the cross covered sin and sickness. Salvation is about the healing of the whole person. Salvation is about the healing of the whole person. One of my favourite verses in the whole Bible, Psalm 103. If you've been around Father's House Jabe for a while, you know that I like to quote this verse often. This is what it says, David writing. He says, My soul, bless the Lord, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. My soul, bless the Lord, and do not forget all His benefits. What are they? He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. It's both. It's included. Verse four, he redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. Do you see how connected salvation and healing are? Forgiveness of the soul, healing of the body, the heart, the mind. God made provision for both in and through the supernatural work of the cross. And here's the thing, church. 
the very start of our Christian journey was a miracle. Do you guys know that? The very start of our Christian journey was a miracle. You were born again. It was, a, it was a supernatural thing that happened. You saw the cross and you saw the provision and you said, Lord, come into my life and save me. And 2 Corinthians, the old has passed away, the new has come. There was a miracle that took place in your spirit when you received Christ Jesus. Romans says, what was dead is alive. So if we experience a supernatural miracle at the start of our journeys, why do we seem so ignorant of them as we move through our spiritual journeys? It's like we get saved miraculously and then we close the tap on any possibility of any miracle from there. I found this in my own life, you know? And we shouldn't ignore, like we sang about this morning as well. I love it how the songs, I didn't see the songs for this coming Sunday, by the way, and they literally tied into almost everything that I've, that I've prepared. I love it when that happens. Like we were singing about this morning, we shouldn't ignore the continued miraculous work of God in our lives once we get saved. It should be considered part of the Christian faith. And I guess part of Anel's testimony that she shared this morning is to shine a light on the incredible power of God that is always toward us. He's always with us. That was one of the overwhelming things that you were sharing, Anel. He's always with you. Just reach out a hand and let him. You can't do it. And that's the point. He's God. So let him. Let him. Um, one more verse on the connection between our salvation and the provision of the of healing of sickness that we have. Let's look at Luke chapter five. And I am mindful of the time. I really do want to give us a moment to pray at the end, church. But Luke, Luke chapter five, most of us know the story. It's the healing of the paralyzed man, right? We know what happened. Large crowds in the house, people couldn't get there. They broke open the roof, lowered the man down on a mat right in front of Jesus' feet. This is what it says, Luke five, verse 20 to 26. Seeing their faith, Jesus said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Interesting first response. Then the scribes and the Pharisees, the holier than thou's, to use a modern day translation, began to think to themselves, who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus is claiming to be God, right? He says, your sins are forgiven you. But perceiving their thoughts, Jesus replied to them, why are you thinking this in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? Well, it's obviously easier to say your sins are forgiven, Right? Because how would you prove that? You, like, how would you see it? Your sins are forgiven. Cool, but get up and walk? Well, now we've got a miracle on our hands, don't we? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, which would be the harder thing to say, he told the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your stretcher and go home. Immediately he got up before them, picked up what he had been lying on and went home glory, glorifying God. Jesus is able to provide both, friends. <laughs> the connection is there. As we have received the miracle in our spirits for the forgiveness of sin, we can also today, like we've heard and seen in Anel's life, receive a miracle in our bodies for healing also. Amen. Awfully quiet in the room this morning, but it's okay. It's, uh, it is one of those topics, I guess. And um, I'm just going to land this and then I want us to pray because I really do feel like um, this could be something that God wants to do this morning. Lastly, Lastly, church, this is a, by the way, this is obviously just a very brief overview, right? Perhaps we'll devote a whole series or a course or something to the, to the topic of healing next year. But three very, very brief principles um, that I wanted to share. The last one is healing is only achieved through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's only through God. It's only through God. Here's the thing, friends. He, healing is one of the evidences that come with the Christian faith. It's one of the things that come with the Christian faith that demonstrate the kingdom of God and His power. 
It's one of the things that accompanies it. This is why I'm very wary of the term healer for, for us as, as mankind to, 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 to use to, to describe ourselves. Lloyd the healer, be very wary of that. Be very wary of following something like that. Jesus is the healer, right? There's gifts of healings, but I'm not the healer. This is not about my power. This is not about anyone's power. You and I cannot govern the power of God. We cannot control it. We cannot, we cannot contain it. It's all from Him and it's all about Him. We are simply the vessels through which that power flows. Can you say amen to that? And I'm really sorry that this has been messed up in church because there was a healer, right, on the stage. And then he said, please pay me to be the healer. And then it got messy. And then people have written off this really essential part of faith. And that was why I was so encouraged to listen to Anel's story this morning that God still heals today. It's still part of our experience. And it's not about man, it's about him. This is, this is how the Apostle Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 13, for a chocolate brownie and cappuccino in heaven, what's it about? Love, 1 Corinthians 12. Spiritual gifts, 1 Corinthians 14. Spiritual gifts, see how important love is, the center, right? It's the context, always. But he talks about this when it comes to gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. There are different gifts, but the same spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. There are different activities, but the same God, who works all of them in each person. I'm not going to go through the whole list, guys. Um, I'll just be mindful of the time there. And what's interesting, though, in that list is he says gifts, plural, of healing by one spirit. So anyone that's listed as a plural in that whole, in that whole list. He talks about prophecy and tongues, gift of knowledge, gift of wisdom, gifts, plural, of healing. I guess the intention there is that he's trying to tell us gifts are given, they're not owned. And just before you think you've owned the gift of the healer, it's about God. And the gifts, plural, meaning it's for more than just one person in the body. This is accessible to everybody because everyone who's a born-again believer has, has access to the Spirit. You say amen to that? Our job as Christians, um, and, not the, and you know, just note the fact that it does not say each, to each pastor a gift has been given, to each person a gift has been given. Our job as, as Christians, as followers of Christ, is to use the gifts we have received for God's glory in telling His story because it's all about Him. It really is all about Him. This is not about us or our flaws or our strength. It's about Him and what He can do in us and through us. And then last, last verse, church. And Rob, you guys can um, um, prepare yourself so long if you want to come up and join me. Last verse on this topic, on the, on the, on the fact that it's about, it's about God. First Peter 2, verse 24. This is, this is Peter, right? You guys got to love Peter, hey? Do now think later, God. Cut the ear off. Jesus, I'm walking on the boat. I'll never deny you. Deny you three times. Like, that's Peter, right? This is his take on it. He's, he's referencing Isaiah 53, one of the most powerful passages in the whole of the Old Testament. He says this, he himself, talking about Jesus, obviously, bore our sins in his body on the tree, on the cross, so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. By his wounds, you have been healed. Um, by his wounds, no one else's wounds. <laughs> it's his wounds, you have been healed. Note the language there. It was made available on the cross. Like salvation was made available on the cross, healing was made available on the cross. By his wounds, you have been healed. Just, 
what about the topic of why wasn't I healed? What about the topic of that or the question that I think often gets asked? Um, I guess a response in two minutes is not going to entirely solve the hurt and the pain that you've been feeling or experiencing, but it might at least hopefully shed a little bit of light on, on, on the road that is ahead of you as you walk this out. And I just want to say firstly that I'm really sorry that you went through what you did. Um, myself having lost two family members to cancer this year um, in the space of two months. I, I understand, I really do understand the journey and, and I'm really, my heart breaks that you had to endure that suffering and not see the miracle that you prayed for, you know. But I want you to know, friends, I want you to know there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your faith that you didn't get the breakthrough you were hoping for. It doesn't mean that God is angry with you or He's put something on you to try and teach you a lesson. Please don't believe that. Please don't believe that. That is not in God's character at all. He's a loving heavenly Father and He desires us to be well even as we desire our own children to be well, right? How much better of a Father is He? And so I want you just to take heart. God is not disappointed in you, friend. He is not disappointed in you. He loves you. He loves you so much and He wants you to experience the fullness of the life that He intends. And without going into a crazy theological unpacking of this topic, just know that right now we're living in two kingdoms. We're living in the kingdom that is, right? This fallen world that is suffering the consequence of sin, the fall. And we're living in a world that has the kingdom that will be when Christ will come and return and He will restore everything where we will experience full presence, full healing with God. And so we're, we're kind of seeing half the picture right now. And I guess one of the most powerful things that Anel mentioned as she referenced in her story is that it, it's not God's fault that that happened. Don't, don't, don't believe that lie. Uh, and, and this is the crucial reality. I never wanna minimize the experience you went through, but I want you to know our circumstances in this world, right now in this fallen world, don't change God's character. God's character, His glory is greater than our circumstances. He is still our healer, friend. That's why I don't wanna build a theology around what didn't happen. I wanna build a theology around who He says He is. And in His Word, from the beginning to the end, He's revealed Himself to us as our healer. And we got the wonderful privilege of hearing from a woman that experienced that firsthand in the last, in the last six months together. Can you say amen, church? Would you mind standing with me as we pray? So uh, I want to thank you for a little bit of your extra time this morning. But uh, as I mentioned, I do want to be um, obedient to what, I felt, to what I felt God placed in my heart for this morning. Um, so if our team um, could come forward and just join me in the front here, we've got um, a team of volunteers that are ready and keen to pray with you. Um, but this morning, I do want to end off the series and end off a message like this by simply inviting you forward to receive prayer, whether that's for a physical or spiritual or emotional, whatever it is, something or for someone else. You know, I think there's sometimes such power in, in going to God and adding our faith in believing for someone else to receive something, you know. If you're in a great space this morning, praise God. Let's, let's, let's join others and add our faith to someone else. So um, if that is you, church, I'm gonna do something bold. Listen, I've been stretched so much this year. <laughs> it's about time that we share the stretching together, okay? Uh, but don't worry, we're not gonna do anything crazy. But I would like you to respond to this invitation. Uh, by simply slipping out from where you are and 
coming to join us in the front. And if that's one person, if you're standing in the gap for someone else, that's okay. But would you mind uh, if you would like to receive prayer? And I'm gonna pray one prayer over all of us and then our team will be here to pray individually with people. But I really do wanna create that moment for you um, to, to, to receive prayer for healing of whatever of whatever kind it is. So would you mind joining me up front now as you're in church? Could we just give them a round of applause and just celebrate them and just share them, encourage them? Yes, it is a big step. I know it is a big step. And yeah, we've seen throughout this series, people have come forward for salvations. I mean, there was 80 people the one week, there was 100 people the other week that have received prayers for salvation. I think this morning, I specifically wanna pray into this area just as a response of what I feel God has laid on my heart and for us as a church in this series. I really thank you so much, guys. This is, this is awesome. Um, so I wanna pray together over us and then our team is gonna pray for everyone individually afterwards. And you can come forward anytime, church, and just receive prayer from us as well but can we just take a moment and pray and if you wouldn't mind if you feel comfortable church just reaching out a hand as a way of support and 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 and, and trusting God for these people to receive whatever it is that they're that they're that they're believing for so father we thank you that according to your word as we have heard this morning you're our healer lord we thank you that you are enough we thank you that there's nothing we could do to earn our salvation and there's nothing we could do to earn our healing you freely provided it both on the cross Jesus, we just stand under your cross, under your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your healing. And Father, we trust you that whatever it is that is needed to happen this morning, you would graciously supply it according to the riches that are in Christ Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We know that you are for us. And as your word says, if you are for us, who can be against us? And Father, where there's been hurt or injury carried, I pray in Jesus' name, that you would release that hurt. Would you release that hurt? Would you, would you take it off? Would we see you in a new way, Father, as you have promised in your word and as you revealed to us that you are who you say you are and you are our healer. And we're so thankful for it, Lord. We honour you for it. And in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Church, can we give God one last shout of praise this morning in worship and thanksgiving? And we're going to... You guys don't have to rush off if, you, if, you, if you'd like um, a, a further personal prayer. Otherwise, uh, there is some coffee available for the rest of us as well. Enjoy the rest of your week. And we'll see you again for Advent Series starting next week Sunday. God bless church. Thank you so much. Cheers.